welcome to the Amy Edwards Show. I'm your host, Amy Edwards. And of course, you know, I, I feel like every time I record these, I just go, I'm so excited. But I am. I'm so excited. I'm so excited about our guest today. I'm so about, excited about learning and sharing everything that she has to share today. So I cannot wait. So I'm also very excited that you're here and we're together and doing this show and you're doing it for yourself because we're all about up-leveling our lives increment by increment and just getting that much better every single day. And there is no limit to how great that our lives can get and how great we can get and the impact that we can have on other people. And it goes on and on and on. Can you tell I'm excited? Maybe I've had a little too much caffeine today. It's entirely possible that I shouldn't drink this green tea that's sitting here beside me. So... Thank you for being here. Remember to do the things, rate, review, subscribe. And of course, if you think of someone during this episode, that is the universe giving you a little wink. And perhaps you should share this episode with that person. And that is how we grow and keep getting these amazing guests like today's. Today, we're welcoming Heather Emerson. Heather is the founder of Prep to Your Door, which I have had the experience of a three-week reset with. And I am so grateful for this experience and grateful that I get to hear your story. I get to hear your story. We all get to hear your story because you have a really powerful story that we've been friends for a little while now. And I haven't really heard all of your story. And I can't wait because you were incarcerated for 12 months. And that was a big part of feeding a lot of things about you and your growth. And so I am really excited that we're going to get to dive into all the things that have made you, you today and led you to this impactful business that you have created that walks the walk of everything that you talk about. So welcome. <laughs> a long-winded intro for you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thank you for being here. I'm so glad we get to sit down in perfect divine timing, right? In perfect divine timing. Yep. Uh, I'm, I'm a little just, first of all, thank you so much for that intro. I have oh. seen and heard some of your podcast snippets over yeah. the years. Yeah. And I'm having this moment of gratitude because I'm seeing you it first, it does not, it doesn't do it justice. Uh, the videos don't do it justice seeing you in your element. Oh, thank you. You're so in your Let's element right now. <laughs> You're so like, like the, like it's a, you, it's a feeling that I'm getting just really? seeing you. Yes. Oh my gosh. That yes. makes my heart like burst. Thank you. Yes. You're in flow, girlfriend. <laughs> thank you. And it's, it, and I like to be around people in flow. Cause like you were saying that triggers other people to be you know, the messages that we share here triggers other people. You being Absolutely. in flow triggers me to be in flow. Ooh, so yeah, that's like a, a huge compliment. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. I'm excited to be here. Me too. I'm so yeah. excited that you're here. Thank you. Yeah. And thank you for saying that. That makes yeah. me feel really good. It's like this, you know, we strive to not need the validation, but then when you get some validation, you're like, Oh, thank God. <laughs> you know, I'm like, okay, this is what feels right to me and it is what I'm driven to do. So thanks. Yes. Appreciate that reflection. Yes. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. um, so I have a lot of different stories. You, you want to know my story? stories? <laughs> Where do, what, what's coming up for you right now? Um, actually, can we just start a little bit with Prep to Your Door and the fact that you are running a business that is all about changing the world with a very clean eating and no waste, zero waste policy. I mean, that in itself and the, the level of commitment that you guys put into that, that I've experienced has just blown me away. 
Thank you for saying that. It takes a lot of it takes a lot of work to do what we do to make sure that nothing goes in the landfill. So So like nothing goes in the landfill. Yeah, you know, okay, guys, things go in the landfill. Yeah, like yeah. we can't we call ourselves zero waste and I think we're pretty darn close. Mm-hmm. And there's also like things that I can't control, like when we receive our uh hydroponic locally grown lettuces that are in a plastic uh film for 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 good reason right like right. it has to protect it from the bugs and debris getting in it during transit that a box wouldn't do um a good job cuz lettuces are are delicate right yeah and it also keeps the moisture in so that they stay fresh so like there's really good reasons and i'm like oh get the plastic off you know <laughs> but like everything comes in plastic y'all and that plastic film is not recyclable. We, we, we wish cycle it. We put it in there to hope. But we wish cycle. I've never even heard that, but I wish cycle all the time. You and everybody else, girlfriend. How so much is not recyclable? 90%. Dude. Oh my so God. 90% of what goes in your recycling bin doesn't make it to the recycling facility for various reasons, whether it's contaminated or it's not the right kind of plastic or, oh, we're full today for that. You know, like whatever. We don't know. Like, all of the infrastructure of that but yeah that there's there's stat there are uh researched tested monitored stats that say only 10 percent of what goes in the bin gets recycled and that doesn't even take into account all the stuff that could go into the bin that doesn't go into the bin right there's a lot of things that could be recycled that go in the trash so really if you think about like all of the things that are made with from plastic manufacturers that with the promise of oh, just recycle it, less than 10% gets recycled of that. I would even say five, you know, half. Because just because, like, okay, my sister lives in a small town outside Fort Worth. They don't even have recycling. Right. I've heard about towns like that. I mean, we're lucky we live in Austin, I guess, you know. They don't even have recycling. And she, so I watched her kids, and I, I'm like, Okay, so where's the recycling? And she was like, I know I'm going to hell. <laughs> There's no recycling. Especially she's with you. <laughs> yeah. She 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 feels it. Like, I don't need mm-hmm. to make her feel bad. Like, no. Uh, she feels it. And I think everybody feels it. And mm-hmm. so when we talk about prep to your door, that is the feeling that we're trying to, that is part of it. Like, yes, we're doing amazing food. Yes, we're, you know, doing all these other things. But, like, we want it to be where you don't, you can just, Nothing. You don't have to sort nothing. Mm-hmm. You put your glass jars back in your bag and you put it on your porch. And any paper. Any paper. You provide it also. We mm-hmm. compost it. Yep. So, and and we try not to use paper products, but of course we have to a little bit. So the, the printed delivery label, mm-hmm. um, sometimes we have to give you a message that doesn't in paper form because for whatever reason, the digital form wouldn't, we haven't figured out mm-hmm. a way to, for the digital form to be as impactful so what we do is we just say, just put that back in your bag. We will um, commercially compost it. We have a relationship with a commercial composter. Make mm-hmm. sure that gets like made into soil again. And for every, we track all our paper use. So for every um, tree that we utilize, we plant two. Beautiful. So we just, so yes, we are contributing to maybe like a non-zero waste, mm-hmm. but we're trying to make it to where we're actually making it better for every for every notch, you know? We, yeah. So, um, well, it's made me better. It's made me more conscious just living with it for three weeks. 
with your Rainbow Reset program, which is still offered from time to time, whenever anyone's listening to this, there's one in January and there will be more, I'm assuming. It was so incredible for my own health, but it's changed my mindset some with recycling, with what I'm buying, with ingredients, with plastic, (laughs) really with plastic. I mean, I've started... I don't know if you noticed, I gave you a glass glass today because I was like, I'm not giving her plastic, but I have (laughs) way too many plastic cups. And I'm thinking now, oh, microplastics, like, why am I doing this? And I have a friend who got cancer years ago, and I remember her saying, oh, there's no more plastic in my house, you know? And, you know. Wow. Yeah. It's just, um, it's just so challenging because even I went to Wheatsville today to pick up a few things. And I trust Wheatsville, you know, here in Austin, that's a co-op. It's a really good grocery store locally, well, co-op owned. And I even there was looking around and I was like, man, we're just in a plastic world because we can't, they can't get out of it. You know, you can try to buy some bulk, but you're putting it in plastic. You can try to, you know, it's just a lot, but it's made me more conscious. So if people are looking to get more conscious, your company is really modeling that so well. Thank you. You're welcome. I love that you said that because a grocery store is really the place that anybody can walk into, do a 360, just go down an aisle and do a 360. Can you like look at all the plastic that will never get recycled? It's that'll end up in the landfills that, um, you know, so the land, the way the landfills work, they just dump acid on it. And that acid seeps into the ground. I didn't know. And gets into our water, waterways. They dump acid on it. Yes, that is what a landfill is. How am I 50 years old and I don't know this? That's what a landfill is? Yeah. Acid. Yeah. (laughs) They have Have to break down. They have to, yeah. I mean, that's one of the, you know, Environment Texas. You can go to environmenttexas.org. And they've done some real research, real heavy research on the landfills right outside of the city. Mm -hmm. You know, they're right on the east side, like, uh, central north central east side of austin and um there's a whole there's a lot of controversy around that because it's you know they put it in obviously poorer neighborhoods and like you know all the things it's kind of bad for the humans currently but long term they've been doing water testing and you know environment texas argues that um am i saying that right is it environment texas i don't know i can look it up um Environment Texas? I think it's Mm environmenttexas.org. They argue that in the next decade, Austin, the city of Austin will be, will have a a reckoning with how our waterways are being impacted. Is it Environment Texas? Uh, It led me to environmentamerica.org slash Texas. But yeah, Environment Texas went there. I think that's it. Okay, I hope I'm saying that right. Austin's going to have a reckoning with our water? Yeah. Yeah. Meaning because of the landfill, yeah, that the chemical levels are, have slowly, you know, increased and, you know, they're safe, they're safe. Right. But safety testing has not been tested long-term Holy like shit. drinking something and not dying or not getting sick does not mean that if you drink it for years and years that you're not getting sick. Like that's very different. And that's actually the argument with pharmaceuticals, right? Yes. Testing is usually done for like three weeks or six weeks where you're taking those amounts, you're not tested for years and years. Mm-mm. Like the only way for them to test for like, how do, what does this medicine do after you're on it for 30 years <laughs> is to take it for 30 years and see what happens. <laughs> yeah. Cause and they're most not of them haven't been around that long. That's right. And so that is like, whenever we talk about research, like be careful. Yes. Yes. We have to have, um, 
peer reviewed studies, like I'm very much in favor of that. I'm not saying, you know, don't listen to it, but just keep in mind acute versus chronic. Yeah. It's acute is right now. Chronic is long term. Oh my gosh. So that's what, so anyways, I know that's kind of dark and, um, but I do it's like It's good to- though. It's stuff we need to think about and we are in this mindset of, you know, grab and go and toss. And that is a grab and go and toss mentality applied to like water. Like, well, I'm all right right now. You know, I'm all right right now. Yeah. We're, we are right now, right? We are okay right now. So we think. So we yes, think. But, yeah. But they're finding microplastics in placentas. Oh, I've heard there. I read a, a stat in your booklet and it said that we ingest how much per week? Credit card. A credit card's worth of microplastics each week. Yep. The I know this is going to be more daunting facts, but the most... <laughs> Way to kick it off with yeah, a bang. <laughs> yeah. I hope you're all feeling like really, really bright and cheery right now. Um, the the biggest contributor to pl- microplastic ingestion is actually the air. So if you live... In, oh, no! It's in our freaking air. It's in our freaking air. <laughs> So the next, do we just give up? And- the next, th- well, <laughs> this is where All we right. say like, hey, powers that be, they, the they, they need to fix this. Like, this is where we really do need our country international. Like, we just, it needs to be like a very, and I think they're trying and then they do the math on it and economically it's so expensive and like everybody, our economy is so it's really ruffled right now. And mm-hmm. so I just think, I just think it's always really hard to prioritize and I get it, but at some point we'll have to, yeah, at some point we will have to. And, um, but, but the next thing you can do to avoid microplastics is really just be conscious, a conscious consumer, which is what you're talking about. Like going to the store and trying to buy things and not in plastic, which is almost impossible, but you can get it things in paper. Yeah. Um, and you can bring your own refillable glass jars for the bulk section. And I'm trying to just make some more things myself. And I think eating from prep to your door put me in that mindset too. And I was like, you know what? I could just make something like it's not as, it's not that big of a deal to make that little effort. Like I have a really nice recipe, which I would love to share with you that I got out of a book for crackers for these like flaxseed sunflower seed crackers and they're really easy to make and they're really good and you just grind up sunflower seeds and you know make it into a paste with some coconut oil and lemon juice and whatever and and then smash them down and bake it easy that's cool you made your own crackers so I made my own crackers I hadn't done it in years and so I was like why don't I just make some crackers and you know um and why don't I make my own hummus and things like that I'm like it's, it's pushing me more in that direction, which feels really good. And it's not that hard. So I'm just trying to really like instill some habits in myself with all of that. You are the second person I've talked to today. Really? The other one is Dr. Brooke. You know oh, Dr. Yes, Brooke. Yes. Which you're going to be on her show. Yes. That Rooted Feeling. She's been a guest here. And so when is that coming out? Do you know soon? We didn't talk about a date. Okay. Well, I... Or maybe we did. I will put a link to her podcast so we can definitely... People can find more about that because I'm sure you guys' this conversation is incredible. But anyway, did she mention that she's making more yes. stuff? Yes. Yeah. She mentioned that like she bought a bunch of jars and yeah. she's making stuff for herself in jars for... 
for her lunch now. <laughs> and I told her, and this is what I'll tell you, and this is what I'll tell anybody. So for, I, I don't know that we introduced prep to your door. So if we do yeah, let's talk about that organic really plant-based meals delivered right to people's doors, it's completely, um, zero waste. Mm-hmm. Well, remember completely. Yes. Yeah. As completely as we possibly can make it, yeah. it's zero waste. Um, we're gluten and dairy free. So we are vegan and we are allergy friendly in that way. Mm-hmm. And our most recent focus is not just on the food, but on the relationship with food and lifestyle. And so, um, we've launched this three week reset to basically transform your gut microbiome. And with that, you get some education every single day, encouragement, and our hope is, you know, 21 days to make a habit, right? That's how we picked three weeks. So it takes um, a minimum of two weeks for your entire gut lining to regenerate and turn over. Okay. It can take a lot longer depending on the person, mm-hmm. if you're, especially if you're sick. Mm-hmm. But for a, for a typically normal, healthy person, you can regenerate your entire gut lining in two weeks. So by the end of 21 days, not only have you picked up a new habit, you have an entire new gut uh, lining. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, we do food, but really we're focusing on transforming people's lives mm-hmm. and we're doing it in partnership with Dr. Brooks. So it is MD, impro- MD approved. Mm-hmm. And so what I was telling her is like, I'm never offended when somebody says, sorry, I want to cancel because I want to meal prep. <laughs> so I want to make it myself. You've inspired I, me. <laughs> that is so positive. It really is. I, I want people to have a relationship with their food. That is, and, and that relationship is different for every single person. And, and I just, I, I love that. I love that people want to make their own food now. And, and, and it's hard to always make your own food. So I know you'll be back whenever you right. need us. Right. You know? <laughs> well, I mean, I loved the convenience. It was so wonderful not to have to think about it. And I knew, can I just tack on because you didn't put delicious in there? Like the food is so good. Like ah. so good. I called you that one day or I texted you and I was like, can I call you? And you were like, oh great. She hates it or something, you know? <laughs> I was I knew so the scared. Tone, the tone was just very, uh, you know, Un- neutral. Yeah, neutral. Yeah, and then I called you, and I was like, this is so good. I can't thank you enough because it's so delicious. So, you know, the fact that that it can be that good is really encouraging too. But, yeah, I'll be back because it's so good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I need to learn to make it that good because I don't know if I can. So, Well, I, I think one of the things that we really like to do that's different is obviously we do it in glass, which is, is special and we take care of all your composting and all of that, but, um, we try to keep it exciting. So every single day, every single meal, every single week, you're getting something a little different. You should never, unless you have an allergy, you should be getting a new meal every single day of uh, for each week. Yeah. So week to week, you might have some repeats, but really we don't want a lot of repeats because there's just so many things you can do with food and people don't know it. We want to introduce you to that. Yeah. We want to show you like, look at all these different things. Yeah. And I think that's very different than a lot of meal prep where it's like, here's your rice, chicken and broccoli. Yeah. <laughs> and I just want to say too, for any men listening, Justin did it as well. You provided plenty for him. He said it was the best meal prep. He's a professional athlete. He said it was the best meal prep program he's ever used. Best meal prep delivery, anything that he's ever used which he's used a ton in so many different cities, even in Austin. And so, yeah, I mean, like he, he just raves about it. So, and it was vegan. So if a man is wondering, 
Justin's eating it all and he's a heavyweight. So he's a big boy. He's a big boy. Mm -hmm. And I was terrified. I was terrified because sometimes I'd get pissed because I'd be like, something would be so good. And I'd be like, you have two of these. Damn it. (laughs) He'd get like a big bowl of whatever it was. And I was like, ah. Yeah, we really, we, we really, we really loaded up his, um, reset with, thank you with more food because we knew that like there, and this is, we don't preach restriction, right? Like eat as much as you want of Mm -hmm. this food. And if you are having like, you have to have a bite of pizza or whatever's around you, please do. Please do. (laughs) I love that. Or stop and, and, and check yourself and check your intention and decide not to. But like, we are not about restriction. That doesn't work. It's not sustainable, and it's not good for your body because you're you're not trusting your body. You're not asking your body, "Why do I want this?" Do you have personal experience with that? Is that how you came to this more intuitive type of eating? So, I. This is the way that not only was not only did plant based going vegetarian. I, that, let me just be very specific. When I first. Um, started any food journey. I had no relationship with food. I loved fast food. I was... Where'd you grow up? I grew up in a small town north of Austin. Okay. Temple, Texas. That's where I was born. Scott and White Hospital? Scott and White Hospital. Me too, girl. Oh my God. Yeah. (laughs) How funny is that? Yeah. That's so funny. Because I grew up in Harker Heights, which is outside Colleen. Oh my gosh. We had to come to the Temple Mall when I was young because we didn't have a mall yet. Now there's a mall though. Oh, there is. We got it when I was in second grade. So like 1980 one or something so okay yeah. <laughs> that's so funny yeah when did you leave Harker Heights uh I left when I graduated high school in 90 so my parents left in like 93 or something and moved to Austin okay mm-hmm. so we were in that area at the same time then oh my gosh it's so funny <laughs> so you know I yeah mean, very much no. like, very similar mm-hmm. like you know processed foods did y'all use the Schwann's man we did yeah that's how wow. I grew up that yeah. frozen food truck you chased down the street like an ice cream man with your long ass <laughs> order form or booklet or whatever it was. And you mark what you want yeah. with for your taquitos or whatever. We thought it was so great at the time. It was so great. Mm-hmm. That's what it was like this. It was like the boom of convenient yeah. food and, and parents aren't home. So, you, you know, cause parents, this is when this is right in the eighties is when parents really started both parents going to work. I don't mm-hmm. know if that was your household, but for me, both my parents worked. So they, we would need food for dinner because mm-hmm. we'd have to take care of ourselves, bef- you know, yeah. by, before they got home. No, so we just was... did it anyway. My mom didn't work. <laughs> oh, she we just did it anyway? anyway. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad you had uh, support at home because I didn't, <clears throat> yeah. you know, I don't know what that's like. So we were left to our own devices for better or worse. Um, so yeah, I grew up on that kind of like just eating whatever. Like yeah. the food was never, food was, nobody ever told me that food had anything to do with your health. I thought that food could make you look better because you saw the bodybuilders, right? This is Arnold Schwarzenegger. Sure. So I knew that like if you ate better, you could look better, but I didn't know that had anything to do with your health. I know that sounds so bizarre, but I never drew that connection. Yeah. And I don't think anybody was talking about it. They weren't really. And my parents, which a lot of that generation, my parents are children of the fifties. They were born in 1930s, but they were children of the fifties. So they used a lot of canned goods and things like that. Like it wasn't like an emphasis on fresh food. It was like canned corn and green beans and stuff, you know? So, I mean, there was that whole mindset around it too, which I knew I didn't like the canned goods, 
but I didn't really know why. So I thought I just didn't like vegetables. Weird, right? Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because fresh vegetables taste so oh, different. It's night and day. Not even something simple like corn. So they. <laughs> so this is where Dr. Brooke can speak her science, but I'll do my best. The reason that it tastes better when it's fresh is not just. It's not just our. Our taste buds are telling us there are more nutrients in this. Our taste buds are there to feed us, to fuel us in the most beneficial way for us. So what's happening whenever we have these cravings for bad food, the reason that that's, that's there for a purpose. Our taste buds are linked to our brain, obviously, and they're meant to seek out vitamins, nutrients, but they want us, they want us to seek out the foods that give us the maximum amount with the least amount of work. Mm -hmm. What that means is like sugars and fats with no fiber because it doesn't have to work to break it down. Wow. So that's, that's why we love like fried foods, like the oil in it. I love it. And there's no fiber in it. So it's literally giving us this burst of cal- caloric intake, which is, which is good, right? Like we need mm-hmm. calories. So you see, it's how it's like our primal brain yeah. trying to keep us alive. Yeah. So that's what I like to tell people. Like you're asking me, like, have I ever struggled with that? Of course I've struggled with that. I think I, it would be weird for someone not to struggle with it because our primal brain is, is wired to find the most caloric intake with the least amount of work because it's there to make us survive. Yeah. So it is not our fault Mm -mm. that we love these foods that are not good for us. In fact, (laughs) that is how these food companies have made so much money because they have people on staff, scientists on staff to make that brain switch happen. Yeah. Yeah. To, to make say, it, to make it addictive. To make us want more. Yeah. Yes. I taught my kids that. Like, I wish we had another word besides food for those items, you know? Like, I don't know what we could call them, but like even g- g- what, as they were young, they would talk about McDonald's and I would say, it looks like food and it, it seems like food, but it's just not really food. It's like chemically engineered to seem like food. And I just would, I would tell them that repeatedly and really I, I, I mean, I feed them some fast food, but not that kind, you know, at least I've tried not to. So they've eaten a bunch of shit though. Don't get the wrong idea. (laughs) But that's really cool that you kind of, you, you knew to explain it in that way. Well, I was just trying to point it out. Like, cause it bothers me. Cause when you take it out for a while and you go back to it, you're like, these fries don't taste like they're not, this is not right. Something's wrong. It's not a potato. (laughs) It's not a potato. It looks like a potato. It seems like it should be, but it's not. And it's just, I wish we had another word besides food. Cause it's like, it's not, it's not food. It's not nourishment. It's not nourishment. (laughs) So Mm. when food is really fresh and you've, you know, it tastes a lot better and organic too, right? That's one of the things I learned from, from your, um, your booklet or, and the things that you shared during uh, the prep to your door rainbow reset. Yeah. Yeah. Which I didn't really realize. And you were even saying that when you're eating organic and fresh, then your body is not only getting the more nutrients, but it tastes better. And then you want that more. Yes. So it does. It may not taste better at first, like if you're used to eating a highly processed diet, you're going to be like, Bleh. right. And the reason why is because your taste buds have been, are, they're so used to wiring you for most caloric intake, least amount of work. And they taste this and like, this is a lot of work. <laughs> and you're mm-hmm. maybe, you know, 
you're not going to get as much calories in a bowl of lettuce as you are in a bowl of fries, right? So, so you got to do a little work there in the beginning. First three days, I think of the reset might be, um, I don't know. You, maybe you could speak to it. I always experience a detox. Anytime I'm cutting out a lot of processed foods, which I had been eating, I had just let my diet slip and, um, was just kind of eating whatever I wanted. And, which I've been disciplined in the past. I've been vegan, you know, I can eat really clean, but instead I had just been eating crap and whatever I wanted. And then I, whenever I clean it up, I get a headache and I feel kind of crappy for like three days. It takes me three days, three days. Mm -hmm. And, um, everybody experiences that, that differently. Some people have the headaches. Some people have, I have headaches, cravings. Some people are hungry and it's just, it's that it's your body turning over. It's the gut lining. It's your, um, you're starving your bad bugs. Everybody has like, we call them good bugs, bad bugs in your stomach. You're starving those bad bugs. They don't like that. They're screaming at you. They're screaming at you. (laughs) They want, they want it to be, you know, um, what's it called? Uh, the toxic ecosystem. <laughs> they, yeah, they're, they're like, wait. So anyways, that's normal. And then once you get past that, you're like, whoa, I'm starting to feel so much better. Whoa, this food, my, my mouth flavors are exploding in my mouth. Like I haven't tasted this kind of freshness and, you know, so like mm-hmm. it's a, it's a, it's a process. But by the end of week one, we had these amazing reports, like even you calling me and just thanking mm-hmm. me. And oh my God, you made my day. When I'm I, when so glad. Uh, we, um, you know, Fias was next to me and we just kind of hugged and just like, okay, okay, we're doing this. Like we were always very scared to, um, go in deep. We were, I, I, I was personally scared. And I think a lot of this was because of COVID, um, the pandemic for me, my response was, well, okay, I'm a rebel. So when the pandemic first came out, I, well, I didn't argue like we shut down, we improved our, um, you know, high, you know, what am I trying to say? We sanitized, over sanitized all of our surfaces. We gave like Mm -hmm. spray bottles to our delivery drivers. They had to wipe down everything. Like we just put like over, over precautionary, um, systems in place. Cause I, my background before, before, uh, all of this, I was actually a med tech in the air force and that's, that's where I went to prison, by the way. Yeah. You mentioned military that. prison. Military yes. prison for twelve months. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I knew how to. I knew how to make things safe because we had to learn OR procedures, right? Mm-hmm. And like, this is how you know you wear a mask, you sanitize your surfaces. Like, I knew how to do all of that. So that's just kind of what we did to our kitchen. Yeah, there was this was before the CDC and the government had told us anything. I just knew my business couldn't afford to shut down. But so I had to make it safe. So mm-hmm. that's kind of how we did it. But anyways, um, my brain was going, this is weird. Like, is this real? Like I was really, my rebellious brain was like, is this really, is this really weird? And what happened was because we were just, I just felt like a zombie during COVID. And I was like, I'm just going to follow the rules because I don't want to lose my business. And I know people are hurting right now and people are hurting a lot worse than me. And so I just got, took it so seriously. I took COVID so seriously that it, I was paralyzed in fear in a lot of ways. And this is where you had a lot of people like you had people that, you know, don't believe COVID was ever that unsafe. And you have people that were saying, 
all of the vaccines and all of, and there was just, there was just so much divide over medical care Mm -hmm. that the last thing that I wanted to do was try to share what I believed was going to help people be healthier Mm -hmm. and improve their immune system. I did not feel comfortable sharing that information. I was terrified to be nailed to a cross Mm -hmm. by the people who were just very much like clinical medicine focused only. Yeah. Terrified. Yeah. Because I mean, you've seen people on social media that speak out and then, you know, get all this flack or they get canceled, get hidden and can. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, that's what happened to so many people. Yeah. So I was like, Nope, Mm I am not putting a target on my back. Mm -hmm. And I can't change the past, and I, I don't say that I have any regrets, but I I do wonder if there was an opportunity there that we missed. But it's okay, because we're okay. here now. It's okay. And when I realized that the reason, one of the reasons, there were two reasons why I had never done it. First of all, I was not living up to my values. I was stress eating myself. I was not taking care of myself. I was not doing, you know, there's all, all kinds Ooh, of... Ooh, that's good. I was hiding. Wow. Oh, I was hiding. I was like, I'm just going to make the food and, you know. Not living it. And I, yeah. It, it's up to people how they want to integrate the food into their life. And I just know that I'm making good food. Like, I just stayed there because it was safe. Yeah. Instead of saying like, so, so first of all, I didn't want to make it myself a target to the public. And I didn't want to have to like live it and embody it myself. Mm-hmm. So when I realized all of this, this is when I. I was like, no, I, we don't make decisions. I don't make decisions out of fear. I may have done that, but the moment that I realized, I may have done that in the past, but the moment that I realized that I'm making decisions out of fear, uh, well, time to do something different. Are you ready to up-level your pleasure practice? I have in mine, and one of the tools that I've used is from Wands. That's W-A-A-N-D-S. One of my favorite items that they have is the cervix wand. It is their number one best-selling glass pleasure wand for vaginal and anal de-armoring. That means more sensation. That means more getting in touch with your body. It's designed for cervical and G-spot stimulation, and it has helped thousands of women become more connected to themselves and their own pleasure while supporting them to heal pelvic pain, through self-yoni massage. So if you are curious about getting more in touch with yourself, then I have an offer for you. You can get a discount using my code, Amy Edwards, but if you use the link in the show notes, you can get 20% off from Wands. They have so many other beautiful items to choose from with a large selection of 100% pure crystal pleasure wands. They create the most gorgeous, luxurious products that encourage you to honor your body, celebrate your sexuality, and live in pleasure, which is a big part of what we're about on this show. And yes, I use one myself. So go today to wands.com, that's W-A-A-N-D-S, and use the code Amy Edwards for 10% off, or use my link in the show notes for 20% off of your purchase from Wands. Again, my favorite is the cervix wand. It is trademarked and it is amazing. 
Take it from me. Check it all out and the reviews on wands.com. That's W-A-A-N-D-S.com. And use my link in the show notes for 20% off. Yeah. You know, like it was, it was like that. And so go making this reset was really important to me to be aligned, mm-hmm. be in flow myself, hold myself accountable and speak my truth. Like I know that plant foods changed my life. I know that my, I got off all my medicines with plant, just being vegetarian. J- just that was, that was literally what happened. Like Amy. what? What oh, medicines? I was on, I was on um, an antidepressant, um, anti-anxiety, um, sleep. I was on, um, antidepressants, anti-anxiety, sleep, sleep. What's the big one? Um, the big sleep, uh, Ambien. Yes. It's on that. It was on Valium. Like I was on Oh my gosh. That's a lot. Well, I was in prison. Yeah. So, you know, it was like, I had all of this PTSD and all of these mental health issues. And then I was in prison for 12 months and I'm sure that just exacerbated everything. 100%. Oof. 100%. And then Did you serve your full term? Do you want to talk a little bit about this? Yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah. So, um, on mil- on military active duty using ecstasy just with friends. Mm-hmm. Got um Man, where were you living? On base. Okay. Which base? Where? Oh, which Falls. Okay. Yeah. So there's an Air, Air Force base called Shepherd Air Force Base. Mhm. And um that's where I was living and you know it was very, what's the word? Like very innocent. Like it was just on the weekends, occasionally mm-hmm. fun. That a zillion people do. Yep. Yeah. Except you're not allowed to do that when you're active military, but there's, there's so many layers here and I'd like to peel, peel it back. So okay. first and foremost, the thing that I really, that's important for me to share, I didn't realize this. I, so I remember I got, I got a book and it was called, you can heal your life. Louise Hay. I think so. I think so. Mm-hmm. And so I started writing about like memories and I, I had to go use, Whoa. I had to go use ecstasy and I, and I remembered it. And so it, it was it like got, a real thing. Like you're writing, you're like, I need out of this. Yes. I need to. And I didn't know how to escape it. <clears throat> yeah. And I had a lot of childhood trauma and, you know, I'm, I'm a high school dropout, like joining the military. No, I didn't was know like, that. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Uh, 10th grade was the last grade that I completed. And so, you know, joining the military was like supposed to be like my chance to start over. But the thing is when you start over and you haven't really cleaned up, whatever it is you, whatever your previous chapter is, like it just keeps coming. You just lay in a pretty rug over like a rotten floorboard or something. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a great, that's a great example. Mm-hmm. It's still there. You're still going to, mm-hmm. it's still unstable foundation. And so when I, any, there were a few substances that I, I remember using in my teens and I remember thinking, I feel normal. Wow. And it was like, I hadn't felt normal. Like I didn't feel normal. I didn't feel, I didn't know it was all these emotions and all this anxiety and all this trauma that I did not know how to process. And so what I know now is that that's called nervous system regulation. And I didn't have that. Mm -hmm. And so, 
ecstasy gave me a place for me to regulate my nervous system, to not feel anxiety, an escape from reality, like all of the things that was really rooted in mental health for me. Yeah. And then you're inviting in those like serotonin drops, you know, that come with using ecstasy and stuff. Oh yeah. So yeah. Surge drop, Mm -hmm. surge drop. Yeah. So it's kind of like eating, you know, you feel really good. You feel really bad the next day. They're eating and addiction and it's, they're very, very related. Mm -hmm. So, um, I remember that I remember, I remember writing, needing to use, I was never like, when you think of a traditional addict, you think of like very habitual use. That was not my, that was not my story. Um, but in some ways there was some sort of, I don't know if it was an addiction. I don't know if you would call it, but like I needed it to, I needed it. I mean, if you need it, I needed it. You have like, to I recognize that's, that's addiction, isn't it? I yeah. Mean. Yeah. I mean, I didn't need it. Like I wouldn't have withdrawals or anything like that, but like I was, I didn't know how to live in, you know, they talk about this in, in AA, like living life's on life on life's terms. I didn't know how to do that because of all of the trauma and emotion inside of me. So in some ways I needed it in some ways I didn't. Right. It was, it was just very much, it was self-soothing. I was trying yeah. to self-soothe. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you didn't have any other tools. I didn't I mean, have any other tools. No. And I was asking for help from the military and they were unable to give that to me because the military at the time wasn't that versed in mental health. Oh gosh. And so anyways, I get busted, um, by someone who I thought was my friend who was wearing a wire. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that's like, yeah. Out <laughs> next of a fucking level. Movie. Yes. Out of a fucking movie. Yes. Yeah. Who would have thought? Like, nobody thinks that's going to happen. No. Nobody. You must have been in shock. Did you oh. Did you go into shock? Like, I would have been so shocked if someone was wearing a wire. Somebody I knew. I'm just taking myself back to it. Like, I didn't know at the time. Like, he, they protected him. And so I didn't even know he was the one who turned me in. I didn't even know they had a wire. They just asked me to come talk. The uh, OSI, which is the military version of FBI, asked me to come talk to them. And they asked me about my drug use and obviously I completely denied it. And then after eight hours of interrogation, I totally told on myself. I told on all my friends. Like I was just like, they're very good at what they do. They broke you down. They broke me down. And I thought, oh my God, I have to tell them everything because they threaten you that like, this is the only way you're going to be able to stay in. And I was How like, old are you at this time? 20 or something? I was... 18. 18. Oh my god. I joined gosh. when I was 17, so I'd been in for a little bit, but I was a baby. Yes. My brain was still forming. Yeah. Yeah, I was a ch- I was totally a child and and you know, I just thought like, y'all, you can't kick me out. Like I can't. I have nowhere to go. Which breaks my heart. Me too. Just like I I just felt like I had to tell him, you know, and I I I think for I think for years, I like hated myself more for telling on them. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It was so much, you know, not only the shame of like what I had done, but it was really, really hard. And so when you asked if I was in shock, I mean, I was just, 
I think I was in shock, but I think I was in survival. Yeah. I mean, I was just trying to keep my head above water. I was just trying not to drown. Yeah. I was like, I'm just, you know, I'm just trying to use this drug to help me feel normal. And now I'm, now I'm losing everything. Like I just, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then my supervisor sexually assaults me. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah, this shit happened. Oh my God. I'm sorry. No, I'm glad you told me. Here, I'm going to get your tissue. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. No, don't apologize. Don't apologize. I usually don't cry when I tell this story, but I just feel so close to you that... I know you feel me. I do. Absolutely. And I'm telling this story. I'm telling all of y'all out there because if this has happened to you, fuck that shit. Yeah. Fuck that shit. Fuck that shit. Don't let anybody tell you you're a drug addict or you're a convict or any of these things because there's a, there's a reason behind it. There's a story behind that. You are not a menace to society or not a derelict. All of these things I believed about myself because that was what I was made to believe. There's so much shame. And, you know, this is what I was telling you, like that military assault, I'm still dealing with that sexual assault. I'm still dealing with that. It still shows up in my intimacy, in my marriage, not so much recently, but at, at times. Because did you have any recourse in that moment? I mean, was there anything you could do? Did you tell anybody? Or I did. I <clears> told <throat> a friend, and I I begged her not to tell anybody because I knew that if the chain of command found out that I knew they were just going to think I was lying to get out of trouble. Oh, he preyed upon you just right in the perfect moment. Yeah. Because then you, then he can just say, she's trying to, she's, she's she's trying trying to get, get out, out of this. Trouble. And he knew that I needed oh him. Oh my God, that makes me so mad. Yeah. And he knew that I needed him because he was supposed to testify at my trial because I was really good medic. And he knew that I needed him. And so... And so you had to see him at your trial? No, he obviously did not testify against me. So I told my friend. Oh, he was supposed to testify against oh, you? Oh, sorry, sorry. Testify for me. Okay. So he, I told my friend, I said, please do not tell. Please do not tell. I just needed to, I needed to share it. I needed that. You have like, to share it. You like, know? Uh, the value of actually just speaking something is huge. Yeah. And, you know, the fact that you spoke it today, thank you for trusting me and being here for it and saying it. Because who knows who it helps? Yeah. So I told my friend, but she was a, um, so in the military you have ranks. Mm -hmm. And at certain ranks you're considered like a supervisor. That's where she was. She was called an NCO, non-commissioned officer. A sergeant. Yes. Anytime you hear mm-hmm. sergeant, that's you. It's Harker Heights. So know. you know Air, Air Force or yeah. Air Army. But for anybody who doesn't, there's commission officers, not commission. Non commissioned officers. officers. So she's a non commissioned officer and she's like, Heather, I can't keep this. Like, I have to tell the chain of command. Yeah, there's like an honor system too on top yeah. of everything else. Yeah. And I was like, just tell him after I go to prison. Like, don't. I need his testimony. They're never going to believe me. They're going to make my life worse. Like, just don't. But she did because she had to. 
So they did nothing. They did nothing. They did nothing. Wow, you know, you hear a lot about the culture of that in the military. At least I've heard a lot about it over the years. Yeah. So, um, man, I just really released, so I'm just kind of... Good. (laughs) Okay, let me get back to happy. Okay, so the reason that I told you all of that was because the reason that was so important for me to share when I talk about mental health in my story is because today, uh, or I guess I should finish that story, right? So I go to, uh, on trial, they asked my first sergeant, uh, my, my attorney knew about the sexual assault and he, she asked him under oath, Hey, um, was this sexual assault reported? And he had to say, yes. I'm like, Did you do anything? No. So that was in my you know how they have a court person who yeah. like types up everything? Recorder. A recorder. Reporter, yeah. Reporter, yeah. So that was in <clears throat> there. It was documented. Wow. So fast forward, I am, um, you know, I, I just want to share that, number one, I learned all of this stuff. I learned that uh, ecstasy was actually regulating my nervous system, and it was um, – it was doing what ketamine does. So ketamine, and they're doing, you're using ecstasy right now in mental health trials. Did you know that? Yes, I did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ketamine is much more common mm-hmm. and it's the, it's what I did. And, and, and by doing that series, I stopped drinking alcohol altogether. Mm-hmm. Like I don't, I don't use any, I, I'm, I like to call myself clean and sober, but I like to use the caveat of like, I do use pl- plant medicine and I don't want to disrespect anybody out there who's in the program. So, um, but I don't use it for recreation, yeah. I should say. Mm-hmm. So um, I say that because the same things that the ketamine was doing to my brain, is to, you know, did to my brain through that series is what I think I was trying to do to my brain back then. Mm-hmm. I was trying to rewire, uh, self-soothe, process a lot of the traumas that I didn't have other, I didn't have other means to do. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's really cool. It is really cool. That somewhere inside of me, I was really trying to heal. It felt healing in some way. Yeah. Yeah. And your brain knew. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so I'm almost proud of that little girl. Yeah. Like, as much as I'm like, why why would you do that? I'm also like, okay, I see what you're, you know. And um, I'm in the process of like, I have an attorney and we've given them all of the story of what happened and in hopes that I can, my upgrade, my, my military discharge can be upgraded. Yeah. And there's documented like court evidence that this, there was a sexual assault because there's, of course there's no report to find anywhere, you know, like Mm -hmm. you call the military base and call the JAG and they're like, there's no report, but it's in my Court, court document, my court records. It's mm-hmm. so like, there's this thing, there's this documentation that like this thing happened to me and it's so like, like I'm not crazy. It's not, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. so many women out there and probably some men, you know, have had sexual assaults and they don't have any proof. Mm-mm. They don't have any advocate. They don't have any documentation, nothing. It's just their word. And oftentimes, like, there's never any, like, justice. Oh, I have a a date, you know, story like that. And I was drunk and, you know, 
Anyway, I went down sort of just a little mental road one day where I was like, what if, like he's an attorney now. I looked him up on Facebook and um, I was like, what if he was going for Supreme Court justice? Would I come out and say something? You know, and I just kind of played that little mental game with myself. And I was like, there's zero proof. And I was drunk. And, you know, I know what happened. I th- but it would surely be my version against everything else. So I was admiring that woman that came out against uh, that, that one justice who ended up getting through Brett, whatever, whatever his name was. The newest one, yeah. Yeah. And I just applauded her because she went for it with, you know, zero evidence. And, you know, like, I wouldn't know even what month it was. I wouldn't know what day it was. I wouldn't know what I was wearing. Like, nothing, you know? And, and like, zero proof. And there was, there would be nothing I could do. And so, you know, so many people just, there, there's nothing. So you have something. I have something. You have something. And I'm not trying to get him in trouble or anything like that. Like I, why not? I mean, I know, I know. Um, I'm just saying that's not my goal. I might, I, because, and I'll tell you why. Okay. Uh, Okay. I, you know, cause I wouldn't mind if you were. So, well, (laughs) you know, I did think it was really like, and this is something I said in my, my court when I'm appealing or, uh, asking the military board to upgrade my discharge. I said, I really find it ironic that you sent me a first-time nonviolent offender to prison for twelve months, and you twelve fa- months, and you failed so excessive to prosecute a predator, and you failed to prosecute a predator. Yep. What the fuck? What the fuck? So I did say that, and I would. I be- hope you added "what the fuck" at the end. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if the military board would like that, but I did. But you know, I did tell somebody who I was on active duty with who knew him. I said, all I would want from him is an apology. Wow. That's it. Because, Amy, I don't wish people to prison. I wish for people to change. That's poignant. Yeah. I do not think prison makes you change. Hello, I've been there. How was it? Well, I had a cakewalk compared to most people, so... Since it was a military prison? Because it's federal. Yeah, they always say, like, federal's, like basically like rehab, right? Well, not really. Cause my prison, um, didn't have a lot of programs. It was brand new. So we didn't have, we didn't have resources mm-hmm. and this is going to really piss you off. Oh God. You ready for yeah. this? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if I'm ready, but you're... I see you twisting this wire. <laughs> Am I like, is, is this like no. not how this podcast was supposed no, to go today? I do today? this all the time. Okay. This is just what I do. I enjoy playing <laughs> oh, with shit. this. What are we doing? <laughs> I'm um, engrossed in what you're saying. <laughs> so um, the military does this thing. First of all, there's a lot more men in the military, right? So they have right. multiple men's facilities in the military. They have, um, we've all heard of uh, Lev, what's it called? Uh, Lev, shoot. There's a famous army one that most people go to for long-term sentences. Okay. Um, gosh, what's it called? Anyways, the one I was at is called Miramar. It's okay. in San Diego. And it's on a naval base. Sure, Top Gun. Is that is that in Top Gun? Uh, yeah. Okay. Top Gun. Okay, I don't remember. Mm-hmm. So, um, anyways, I w- that's where I was. So that's actually that is a men's. Oh, this is gonna be so bad. That is the men's facility where you go if you're a man and you get convicted of a sexual crime, because oh they my have God. 
is the only prison that has the uh, programming for sex crimes of sexual nature. So if you're anywhere from a child molester to it's honestly, I know oh this is God. really dark, but like there's a lot of child molesters in the military. I found out, um, and this is where they go. And it's a very special program. And I say this with so much, listen, I'm not trying to demonize child molesters. They have their own set of problems. I give them grace and all of the things. It's really sad. Most of the time it's happened to them. Yeah. Right. Like let's not forget most of the time it's happened to them. So they're there and out of, and then there's one prison for women in the military and it is also Miramar. So we are in prison. That is the stupidest fucking thing I've ever heard. It's infuriating, <clears throat> utterly infuriating. What genius did that? Why on the, why would you put every, every branch, Navy, uh, Marines, Air Force, Army, all four branches, women and Coast Guard, five, go I'll to go Miramar. <laughs> and if you, and all over, if you're convicted of a crime of sexual nature, if you're a man, any branch, you go to Miramar. So it's a co-ed prison. Oh my God. Yeah. And I cannot believe that there is not a fucking story about this. I cannot believe that we allow this. I can't either. So part of my petition. My mind is blown. So part of my petition to the military board. Oh my God. Was yes. a letter from a former guard, female who said it was outrageous to her. And she documented that not only had she been a victim of sexual crime in the military, but she was also a guard at the prison and saw how men and women were often caught together when they weren't supposed to, because we worked with them. We worked with the men. We, had, we went to work every day in the laundry or the kitchen and we worked with the sex offenders. And she just thought it was so fucking were crazy. You, were you like a scared animal? I mean, like, weren't you like well, on fight or flight mode or something? My, I think I lived in fight or flight. I think I still revert back to that a lot because I lived in fight or flight for most of my life. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. so like I still have to do a lot of nervous system regulation. And that is actually like why I think food changed me because I found out, I didn't know this at the time, but one of the reasons that I think food changed my life was because... 90% of serotonin is made in the gut. Wow. So we talk about serotonin in the brain. It's made in your gut. So that's why it's so important to feed your good bugs. So if you don't give a shit about your health, but, you're, but you want your mental health to be, you want to be happy, feed your good bugs. Like this is all related. Everything I'm talking about is related. This is like the story and this business and everything prepped to your door transformation, mental health, like it's all my story. And it's, it could be, it's honestly everybody's story. Like we all have this thing where if we feed ourselves really, really good nutrient dense, dense food, we are, we are happier and we don't have these same struggles. And I think that's kind of what happened to me, but I didn't know it was going to happen to me. <laughs> it was an accident. I, I was an accidental get off all my medications through food person. Cause I didn't, that's not why I tried it. I tried it cause I was just so broken and somebody suggested it and I did it and it changed my life. So were you like suddenly, Oh, maybe I don't need to take this. Or were you just like, I'm generally happy. I generally feel better. Like what was that little process? I like? just woke up one day and I was like, I don't want to do it anymore. And that was so freeing. 
Because think about like how my brain was like, I need something. I need something. I can't sell suvac. And all of a sudden I was like, I don't need something. Wow. Yeah. And it was because of food. Food. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy shit. It's crazy shit. And why weren't we taught this as we were little that the Schwanz man doesn't do that for us? <laughs> no one's teaching that. But you are. It says food is medicine. Food is medicine. Mm-hmm. It really is if medicine. If we can get that, it's slowly getting in my head. This has helped me so much. Even just hearing you say that right now, I'm like, I, there's a little voice like talking to me going like, are you getting this? Like, come on. It's holding yeah. me back. Yeah. <laughs> like pay attention. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. You look great. I do? Yeah. It didn't, okay, it didn't go down. Well. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, wow. This is the deep stuff. And this is like why I'm like, everybody needs to have prepped your door. Because we talk about healing and then so many times we just put it in these physical terms, you know, like, oh, I'm not going to feel sore or inflamed because I'm not having gluten or dairy, whatever that is. But how do you feel about, I asked um, Brooke about this too, and she didn't really have an answer because she's not tuned into it. But like, there's a whole movement around, you know, this carnivore thing and all this right now. I don't know if you've seen much of that yeah so how I even had someone say to me who's going to be on the show but she's she said that oh she said you know there's you're eating vegan right now there's such a movement with carnivore and I was like yeah so there is but this works for me at least the times that I've been vegan in the past so yeah yeah um I don't listen like you said you're not making any rules about everything for people no and I trust I trust that you know what's right for your body I love that I trust it. I think we all, it's all in us. And if you need to try the carnivore diet, my husband tried it. Yeah. It wasn't, it, it didn't work. He felt terrible. Well, it's just come out that that liver king guy is on a bunch of steroids. So what? <laughs> yeah. I did not that, know that. He has that jacked body. And I guess people were already talking like Joe Rogan was like, there's no way, you know? And, um, yeah, Justin and I just watched a whole reveal about it yeah he's been oh my god I can't wait to show my husband because yeah yeah, because he was like making moves on TikTok and like all the things and and he's been fully denying steroid use but he's it's all come out now that he's been using so wild so okay this is what I'm going to say what works for you today may not work for you tomorrow so there was like there could be times in your life where veganism is great and there could be times in your life where it's not. And I think that when you, when it's not, I think that there's a real investigative process that can happen. So the investigative process process can be, is this, am I allergic to, cause some people don't do good with grains, mm-hmm. right? So rice and, uh, well, uh, grains and lentils, mm-hmm. beans, lentils. Yeah. So I think the investigative process is like, is do I not do good with those because my microbiome isn't set up to process them because there's a lot of fiber in there. And sometimes because we have been eating such a low fiber diet, we can't process high fiber stuff as easily. So I think that's a question. Or do I genuinely have an allergic reaction? Mm. And even if you have an allergic reaction, you can train yourself over time to allow that. And it's because we didn't set it up for successes as, as in our childhood. Oh my gosh, totally. 
I mean, I didn't. I didn't either. I'm so grateful I can eat things because I've the way I used to eat. I, it's shocking that I can, but I think it speaks oh to how resilient we are. I'd eat ding dongs and yes. Lay's sour cream and onion yes. chips when I got home from school. Yes, mm-hmm. of course. <laughs> Twinkies. Yeah, I'm amazed that my body could handle all the shit I've put in it over the years. Yes. I'm like man. Yes. Uh-huh. So. Um, I do think like you might need to do like slow process, like just a tablespoon of, of rice or a tablespoon of beans and then increase that very slowly over time and you will feel better. And then some people that will not work. And I respect that. And I, mm-hmm. and I, I never shame anybody for like, guys, I'm not vegan. And I, I'm really open about that. I'm not vegan. I'm mostly vegan. Yeah. I think that's where I'm at because I have a sensitivity. I told you to cashews and so many things are cashew based. And, and even y'all had some cashews in the rainbow reset. And I noticed like, I'll start to develop a little bit of a cough, like phlegm and just, it's like, I'm just super allergic to poison ivy and it's got the same chemical in it that is in poison ivy. Mango skin has it too. And so I'll develop a cough. Like I just know that I did a juice cleanse years ago. And one of the drinks on it was this cashew drink, this raw cashew drink. And I thought I I was trying to get rid of this cough that I had developed as a vegan and I just, it got worse and I wanted to stick a fork down my throat. It itched so bad. And finally I was like, could I be allergic to cashews? Started researching and I was like, I think I am. And once I cut that out, the cough went away and everything. So I noticed like I would, I was getting a little cough. So that has been a progress, a progression for me. I'm like, okay, I have a sensitivity to that. So if I go full vegan, I'm going to have to watch out for that because there's a lot of cashew stuff and I can eat a little. But then I felt like I wasn't getting enough protein at certain points. So I went to paleo vegan, essentially, That's which great. I liked a lot. And so I did that and, and then would go back to vegan. And so I've just kind of like messed around with that. And then I got together with Justin and ate everything. So, <laughs> <laughs> so now, I'm, now this has really reset me and, yeah. and pulled me back into like, okay, in, a, in the best way possible into that gut microbiome reset. And I'm so excited to learn about this. It's been super educational for me. Very cool. Mm -hmm. And even just sitting here and listening to you, like I said, I'm like, pay attention. This is not just a physical thing, you know? And here I am not drinking, experimenting with sobriety to see what that brings to my life. As our mutual friend, Amanda Kuda was enlightening us all on it. A shout to that episode. If you haven't listened to it, it's incredible. And she's a sober coach. And so, you know, why not combine it all and try it? Because we are so willing, as I said to you earlier, we are so willing to try so many things. Here's a drug. Here's this. Here's that. What's holding us back from trying this? (laughs) Well, because it takes a little more prep time, (laughs) you know? And yet we won't do it. Yes. Aren't we crazy? <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's a little, it's a little more uncomfortable than we want to wrap our head around being, <laughs> being alcohol free. Yeah. But I really like what Amanda says. Um, stop drinking, start manifesting. Yeah. I'm like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. I can start manifesting. <laughs> you know, like that's like the, the value add, right? Yes. So I like that. And she's so great. And Yes, go listen to all of the things all her, Amanda Just Kuda. anything of hers. Yeah. yeah. She has a program called Stop Drinking, Start Manifesting. Yes. So, yeah, she says that, that my manifestation powers will continue to just grow and grow as I'm alcohol-free. So I'm at about mm, seven months now. 
That's so cool. I think I did it the day after we recorded that episode. And I was like, okay. You know, it's like a 90-day trial or something. I was like, no, I'm going to try to go for two years. Because she says that's how long. I think they say that's how long it takes to get alcohol completely out of your system. Shut up. Yeah. Andrew Huberman has an incredible podcast about it where it's just a solo episode where he talks about the effect of alcohol on your cells, you know, your structure, your brain, your entire system. Your brain. Yeah. There's no blood brain barrier with alcohol. And so it goes straight into your brain and can just basically turn it to mush. I'm paraphrasing, but you get the idea. And so I'm like, okay, I'll give it a shot. That takes a long time to get out of your system. Well, Fully. it's been about two years for me. Ooh, yeah. you're about to be manifesting some shit. Maybe 18 months. Maybe it's only been 18 months. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, I did not know that, but I knew that alcohol was a depressant. Like yes. It is, it is a depressant. It is a depressant. Mm-hmm. And obviously with my mental health background, mm-hmm. I have to be, and I'm, and I'm a sensitive human. Hello, me too. I just cried. Like, <laughs> oh my God, I just broke down. Shit, you got me there. That's a sign of a good host. It is. It happens a lot, actually. See? People cry. You're in flow. I am in flow. Yeah. It's like Barbara Walters up in here. Yes! <laughs> Barbara Walters. <laughs> yeah, <Barbara>. <laughs> <laughs> I love her. No. Her accent. It's a compliment that you felt safe, you know, and that that I was able to connect with you and you felt safe. That That makes me feel really good. Well, thank you for making me feel safe. Oh, good. And... You know, I'm assuming you're a sensitive human too. And I am. I think we have to be Very really, so. really careful with our brains. Sensitive. Protect. Yes, protected. That is protect. like, without that, you're kind of screwed. So, so the alcohol, let's take care of it. Why? I, it forced me to say like, why am I doing it? Which were questions you asked me. You were at, w- before we started recording, you were like, why did you want that? You know, and those are just great questions to just take a second and be like, why do I want it? Because I really wanted to go get drunk the other day. And <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you about this story yeah. the other day. No, literally, <laughs> it was on the rainbow reset and something happened between me and Justin and it was so such a hard thing for me. And I left the house. I had something to do. And I was like, sure glad I'm eating healthy right now. And Mm -hmm. I was like, well, I can't, I'm not going to go eat something bad, but I sure would like to go down like three martinis. And I thought, I'll have to explain to someone if I go drink with someone, am I going to go drink alone? And why do I really want this? I was like, I want to just forget. I want to just like take myself out of the equation. And when he and I talked about it the next day, I ended up going to Al-Anon and talking in Al-Anon, crying in Al-Anon, but just speaking it. And suddenly I felt better. Go figure. Anyway, though, he and I talked about it later and I said, I wanted to go get drunk. And he said, I thought you were going to go get drunk. He goes, when you left, I thought you were going to go drink. And I was like, wow, Shit. <laughs> <You did>? I know. <laughs> and, uh, Shit. I, I'm still kind of surprised I didn't, I, I ended up going to the grocery store and I bought peanut butter. <laughs> I bought a couple things that were like safe on the rainbow reset, <laughs> but I ate like I, I comfort ate a little bit. Good. I bought some nice chocolate and some peanut butter, like natural peanut butter. And I mixed those Good. and I sat and ate that. <laughs> Yes. That's what I did. That's okay. Like, yeah, that's it's okay. Was, that's it's okay. so positive. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. Self-soothing is so positive. Don't it restrict. Is. It is. And I got Love. a good night's sleep. 
Go figure. And you woke up and you felt really fucking I woke proud up, of yourself, I thought, right? Let me meditate. Let me <laughs> breathe. Let me go to, I, I think I exercised and I went to Al-Anon. So. Didn't, weren't you just so happy? I was kind that? of astonished actually that I felt better afterwards. And I told my sponsor, I was like, this is crazy, but I felt better afterwards. And someone came up to me after and she was so kind to me. And then I ended up telling her the specifics of the situation, which I hadn't said before. And, and just this weight just felt lifted off of me. Mm. And I was like, wow, <laughs> there it is. Witness, mm-hmm. having a witness. And I'm sure just this, I was t- probably halfway through the rainbow reset. I was 10 days, in, nine to 10 days in. So, you know, I was on the verge of really resetting that gut microbiome, which is feeding my brain and making me happier and leveling my moods because my moods really weren't like this. I mean, it was a tough thing to deal with that, that I was going through, but my moods were fairly stable throughout. What do you think of that? Well, serotonin is a mood stabilizer. Yeah. It's a happiness and mood stabilizer. Mm -hmm. So yeah, (laughs) that's just, I just do eat, ask yourself what's good for you and eat that. Hopefully it's mostly plants. Yeah. That's, that's all I can say. So the carnivore diet, like if that's if that is stabilizing your mood and doing mm-hmm. all these things, then that's like that's what I want you to do. Like, I, I know, truly. I know, I can't live without peanut butter. So I'm like, <laughs> like I really can't. I really don't want to live like my life without yeah. eating peanut butter. Yeah, like, I love choose. it that much. Yes. And so I'm like, fine, that's a, that's something I can have, you know. And so I do. I I've been buying super clean peanut butter, and like I'm gonna figure out how to make my own, you know, just stuff like that. So yeah, so happy for you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. That's my comfort food now. Yes. Yeah. So, um, okay. Back to you. So let's talk a little bit about, um, the fact that you had made decisions out of fear. And even when we talked about doing this show, you were talking about your company and recognizing still that you had made decisions out of fear. And are you training yourself to recognize those moments and get quicker to turn them around? How are you feeling about making decisions out of fear right now? Well, you know, something that I can be pretty open about is like, as a business owner, it's really hard. You know, whenever, whoever's watching this years from now, it's like, it's a hard time to be a business owner in this economy. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of fear, you know, talk about, um, so food is one of those things that people get weird about and seek comfort in and so is anything financially you know any type of financial insecurity can bring out like crazy town in your brain big and time so, for me big time mm-hmm. yeah yeah like there's a lot like money is like a very very it's a triggering it's a triggering thing mm-hmm. and so I'm personally like you know deep breathing is like important to me right now while we while we go through this economy and what I mean by that is like, this is the time where people, first of all, everything is through the roof. Like they're talking about 20% on average of, you know, increase, but I'm seeing it like 50%. Wow. You know, like yeah. just like f- for food, 50% for food. And we've had to pass that on to customers and right. we've lost customers that have been with us for years. And it, it breaks my heart because we had to raise our prices, right? Like we had to, like we, right. we was, I'm like, you know, so, um, 
Yeah. And plus, you know, you've got all those other factors in there too, because you're delivering and picking up, you know? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, there's a huge operational expense because we are taking responsibility for the returning of packaging. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I'm very like, I'm, I'm scared every day. I'm scared every day. Like, you know, we're, we're we, we have, we have great customers. We have consistent customers and I want, I don't want to take that for granted. There's some, there's some companies that are going like truly down. I don't think that's us, but we're not experiencing the growth that we had projected. Hello, is anybody? I don't know that anybody is. Like I've, every business owner that I'm talking to is like questioning whether to keep their business open. It's a, it's a scary time right now. So um, it is incredible what fear will do to your brain, <laughs> the reactivity. And so... For me, just being very aware. We don't have to judge those feelings. We don't have to judge those thoughts. Those thoughts are there. And I, it's like, I see you. I acknowledge you. And I'm going to keep putting one foot in front of the, in front of the other. Um, my therapist taught me this a long time ago. It's like, it's not about like, it's not about conquering your demons. It's about putting them on a leash and walking them with you. Oh, Wow. And that's such a more beautiful mm-hmm. picture. Just like, okay, I see you. I'm going to, I see you. You're, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to deny you, dismiss you, fight you, pretend like you're not there, react. I'm just going to like bring you along. Is it because it's like a fallacy to think that we could actually conquer them because they will be back? <laughs> you know, they're part of our humanity. So that's it. Mm-hmm. They're a part of our humanity. And they're a part of your story. Mm -hmm. Like it's not a bad thing that you've been through fill in the blank or that you have the (laughs) thought fill in the blank. It's not. It's who you are. Mm -hmm. We we can love ourselves. Yeah. We can love the parts that are maybe not our most proudest, but like it's okay. We can still love those parts. So like just that's what I, that's why, that's what it means to me to not make fear-based decisions is like seeing the thoughts acknowledging the thoughts and saying, okay, what would my higher self do? Yeah. And it's a lot easier said than done. It is. Well, that's like the definition of courage is recognizing the fear and doing it anyway. Oh, is it? Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Okay, (laughs) so. It's not the absence of fear at all. Oh, yeah, you're right. Mm -mm. It's not the absence Mm -mm. of fear. That's that it has to be there to be to be something. To be courage at all. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love that. Yes. So we have to have it to... Find these courageous moments. Find this within ourselves. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. So, wow, that's incredible. So therapy, you're still in therapy right now or I'm not what's your currently, status? I'm not currently in therapy. I, I, I was, I did have a therapist for a while and then I realized that I don't know if it was like she wasn't the right one for me or if it wasn't the right time. But I just didn't feel like I was getting enough out of it. Mm-hmm. And I also, f- I just thought, I want to like, I want to be respectful of her energy and my energy. And so I, I, I paused with mm-hmm. the intention of going back and I haven't found the moment to come back yet. It ebbs and flows for me. But my therapy right now is keeping myself in line so that I can walk the walk and talk the talk for 
the rainbow reset that that really is keeping me like so spiritually aligned wow because i have to te- i have to what tell people right yeah mm-hmm. I, yeah i have to you're, you're gonna be preaching this you're your own best advertisement but it's the same thing for me i've been talking about it on this show in the last few weeks is that life was just challenging me to say are you really living all the things that you're putting in your courses and so i was like oh shit <laughs> Like, it's like, can you give me an example? Um, oh yeah, yeah. I did a whole solo episode about it when I lost my, everything I'd filmed and I got a flat tire. It was just a hard day. And I was like, oh my gosh, you know, I was worried, which I talk about worry. I was comparing, I was just, I was, I had negative self-talk, just all those mindset things, which were exactly what I was talking about in this ageless mindset course. And so it was basically life just saying, are you going to walk the walk? Are you going to really live everything that you're putting out? And so I had to turn it all around and I had to do the work and not stay in those spaces and say, okay, I'll live it. (laughs) You know, are you willing to say, yes, I'll live it to what you're putting out? So that's what I did. <laughs> and no, it's not always easy, but you know, that's if, if I'm going, I know just for me, and I think you're saying the same thing. If I'm going to put it out, I, I better mean it. Like I'm going to mean it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's like, this, this is authenticity that you want to exude yep. from you. Mm-hmm. Yep. Which is what, if you desire that, then life's going to give you the opportunity to really like prove it. <laughs> At least that's what I have found. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I really believe that like what we, what we show to the world needs to be every, so everybody has their own bandwidth for like what the difference between what they show to the outside world and then what's going on on the inside world. Yeah. And that's different for every person like I think some people are naturally like very very private Mm -hmm. so it doesn't matter how hard things are they're never like that is just their personality they're never going to really they're they're just not going to open up to the world I'm married to someone like that Mm -hmm. he is so private he's so private and I'm it's so funny that we're together because I'm so (laughs) open right and so Mm -hmm. this is like well is my life just my life or is it our life or you know like what is what is private what's not well, so for me, I really don't have that. I mean, I, I think maybe sometimes I do, but for the most part, my bandwidth is very small. Like what I'm putting out in the world needs to be what's going on internally. So that's kind of like... Same here. That's, I mean, I talk about pretty much everything. So, you know, I mean, there's little things I guess I keep private, like this story I just told, you know, I didn't say specifics, but I'm talking about it. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So no, I, I completely understand that. But I think even within that, he may be intensely private, but he's still working to be authentic, you know, and to align even that party keeps to himself to align that with what he's out. And so he's the same person because when those aren't aligned, we can sense it with people and we're like, I don't know why I don't trust you, but I don't. And they may be intensely private, but they're, it, things aren't aligning. Yes. And even if we don't notice it, if some, I, I would say, I'm just going to venture a guess that if someone's living that way, you know, they're going to just meet resistance in certain ways. And you can wonder why, why are things hard? You know, maybe you're not living right. Yeah. 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 
Yeah, well, I, I didn't mean to say that my husband, whatever my husband shows isn't what's going on oh, behind no. doors. Oh, no, you didn't say that. Okay. You didn't yeah. say that. You if just anybody, said he was private. He's and, so private. And, you know, I know that even when someone's private, they can still align. And, and yes. he does. Yes. And he does. So, you know, they don't have to tell everything, but you still know. And people can be private and still have it all aligned. It's okay. Yeah. Some people are just more introverted. Yes. That's it. He's, yeah. just, in, he's just introverted. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. Um, you know, but I, 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 since I do talk about most things, um, that's just, that's kind of my therapy. That's my accountability partner right now is like, it's the rainbow reset. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, I think it's just such a big way of taking your power back when you talk about it and just own it and let go of the shame, let go of any of those feelings that, you know, we, we get all tangled up in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, this has been an incredible conversation. Thank you. One thing I did want to ask that we didn't get to is you've talked, and I think we've already touched a lot on this, but you've talked a lot, at least on your website, heatheremerson.com, and on in, in, in your own outlook on things is about shifting perspective. And you talk a lot about leadership roles and how we can shift our perspective to make it more inclusive and, and function better in a team. And so I would guess I was wondering if you've trained yourself to shift perspective pretty quickly or, and how you, how you have come into that. Yeah. Well, it, as, as, uh, things always go, <laughs> um, the heart, you know, so how do I want to answer this? The thing that I'll say is like, I don't know that I really wanted to go through prison, obviously, but it was like that, that was the biggest shift was like that. What I say to everybody, what's the hardest thing that happened to you now? How is it the best thing that happened to you? And so how is prison the best thing that happened to me? Well, obviously it was like, the, all that shame and all that, those things that I felt made me not want to ever be there again. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and so, yes, I'm grateful for that. It also gave me this like truly, truly, um, empathetic view for people who are incarcerated. And that's why I've done some advocacy work for, um, people who are system impacted. I was going to guess compassion because yes, you seem incredibly compassionate and empathetic and non-judgmental. You know, you, it probably even has spilled into your outlook on food and you saying to people, I don't know what's right for you, you know, and just this really non-judgmental way of saying you can figure it out and I trust that you're going to figure it out. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not to put words in your mouth, but no, that's, that's <laughs> it. I think I, I, the, yeah, it's, it's really given me, um, I think basically you can look at things where, you know, a lot of people who are, we'll talk about sexual trauma again. There's like this movement of like, though those aren't victims of sexual trauma, those are survivors of sexual traumas right? Like just switching that, that one word switch Mm -hmm. from victim to survivor. Mm -hmm. So what I really like to say, you know, ask people is like, what is that? 
for you? Like, where did you, where were you like deep, deeply, deeply impacted in a negative way? And how was that just like the, one of the most beautiful gifts that you were given? Yes. Mm-hmm. And if it was not one of the biggest gifts at this point in time, how can you make it one of the biggest gifts? Like you are uniquely positioned to do something incredible in your life. How can we, how can we help you do that? <laughs> that's what I, that's what I truly desire. That That's what I speak about. And I also speak about, um, you know, don't let anybody else tell your story. You got to tell your story. And part of telling your story is figuring out your story. And how do you figure out your story? You have to ask yourself the hard questions. You got to find that, that thing, put them on a leash, that, that demon, mm-hmm. right? And put them on a leash and walk them with you. So how can you walk them with you? So like one of the things that I've recently did was I wrote down, do I believe that I am worthy of success? Do you know that I did not answer that yes right away? I I'm not sure I would right now. Like, wow. I know. How sad is it's that? A, it's a big one for me. But I look I'm, at my body language right now. Look what I just did. You just, you just I got backed it. up. I haven't sat like this the entire conversation. Mm. And you said that and I, I just backed up because I was like, would I really? I do a lot of work around it. Worthiness. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, um, okay, let's just go ahead and say yes. Let's just go ahead and say yes. Please say yes. (laughs) Say yes. We are. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Yes, I know I am. Yes, I am. Yeah. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Whether I believe it or not isn't the point. You're affirming it. I'm affirming it because I know I am. Right. So the honesty there and the investigation (laughs) there, that's part of your story. Mm -hmm. So then I ask, what are you scared of? What is your deepest fear? Like for me, that my, my, my deepest fear, it used to be that I wasn't successful. Ooh, because I had fucked up so bad. Yeah. Right. So I was just like so scared to be the fuck up forever. Mm-hmm. And so those are the questions like you can ask yourself and like, it's okay. You don't have to have the right answer, but sitting with yourself, holding space for yourself and asking yourself, what's the root of this? That is your story. <laughs> don't let anybody else put labels on you, tell it for you, put you in a bucket, like screw that. So that's, that's really what I like to talk about. That's the work that I, I, I think I'll continue to do forever because mm-hmm. I feel like that was like just really part of like my transformation. Absolutely. Are you trained as a speaker or are you trained as a speaker? I'm not. I am a public speaker. Mm-hmm. Um, people pay me to t- come to speaking, come do speaking, but I would really, I think I would really benefit from a coach. Oh Yeah. Well, I didn't one. know if you've trained. No, no. I was just asking if you had because you have such a powerful story. And I know like, like I could see you like doing big things <laughs> Yeah. with your story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I think I will. I'm writing a book. Um, don't know when it's going to come out and I'm hoping that will become a movie. Like I said it, when I said it to you, it was like a movie, right? Yes. Uh, the thought came in my head. Yeah. And really, I think I could make a movie about my yeah. life. I really do. It could be good, like Netflix miniseries or something. I'm I'm saying it here. It's going to end in a presidential pardon. 
that's gonna be the Ooh, end of the freaking I just get movie. Chills. Yeah, Ooh. that's the story I'm writing. That's the story I'm telling, and I'm not letting anybody else tell it for me. Oh my god, I love that. Yeah, don't. Oh my gosh, is there anything we missed? This feels like a perfect place to wrap up. But is yeah. there anything we missed? Anything you want to say before we go? Anything that you know, maybe we didn't get to, or no. anything that's even on your heart that you just want to reiterate before we go. There's nothing that I want to reiterate about myself. I really just want to express my deepest gratitude to you. No, my gratitude's to you. Well, thank you. Aww. I'll receive that. You yes. receive I'll it. Receive that. <laughs> thank you. Um, but thank you. Thank yeah. you yeah. so much. And I, I just, I'm, I'm so excited to put this out because I just, I can't wait for everyone to hear your story. And I'm so grateful. So grateful. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Amy. So much for being here. And everyone can find you at the Heather Emerson on Instagram and of course prep to your door which is prep to your door.com and prep to your door on Instagram those are the big ones right that's it and it, it'll be here on the screen it'll be in the show notes all the links and and I would love to put a link to the rainbow reset too if anybody's interested and I understand that you have wait lists for other cities is that correct yeah okay there's a Dallas um, wait list but I would get on it soon we're about to open <gasps> yeah oh my gosh yeah yeah. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. That's wonderful. Okay, good. Yeah. All right. Well, then I'll try to put those links up too so everyone can find it and and access it very easily because it's so worth it. Take it from me, you guys. So, so worth it. Every bite. Uh, Every bit. So congratulations on all that. Thank you. And, and how far you've come. Thank you. Like, yeah. That's really admirable and beautiful to watch. And I'm just so happy to be connected to you. So, yay. Yay. Thank you, Heather. And thank you for being here today. I'm so grateful to everyone that was here listening. Don't forget, if someone came up in your mind today, and chances are they did, share this with them and have a conversation around it because that's where change begins too when we start speaking about it, talking to each other, opening up those pathways. They're so, so powerful. So if someone came up, just don't be afraid to open a conversation. And I'm so grateful too. Anytime we're spreading all these powerful and beautiful and world-changing, life-changing messages like Heather's. So thank you for being here today. Rate, review, subscribe, go to amyedwards.com. And I've got my courses out now too. You can check out Ageless Mindset that I was talking about. It's free and it takes like 30 minutes and it is, it, I'm walking the walk of it. I tell you, I really am. So thank you so much for being here. Uh, thank you again to Heather. And I love you so much. Um, peace and love and all the good stuff to you and yours. Till next time. This has been the Amy Edwards Show from Overcome Studios. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe. And thank you so much for being here. Sign up for our newsletter at amyedwards.com.